Welcome to the One Life Maps podcast. Here's your host and co-author of Listen to My Life, maps for recognizing and responding to God in my story, Sharon Swing. Welcome, this is Sharon Swing. I am so glad to be here today with Joan Kelly. Hey, everybody. And Joy Bork. Hey, everybody. Now, Joan Kelly is our Director of Facilitator Development for One Life Maps, and Joy Bork is my niece, and I love my niece, and she has made friends with all my good friends. It's a thing. That's kind of how community works. Yeah, and we well, love her. Yeah. Joy kind of, um, she sniffs out good people, and she makes sure that she makes friends with them. It's a thing. Hmm. Yeah. I just observe who other people's good people are, and then I absorb them into my community. <laughs> Never a bad thing to do. <laughs> Never a bad so, thing. This episode, we're not sure how this is going to go, but it's destined to be fun because mm-hmm. Joy is with us and we are just going to say that this one may end up being titled, Self-Awareness Comes in Many Different Packages. It really does though. And today it happens to come in a children's book. And Joy is like the master of reading children's books. In fact, we live next door to some wonderful people who have three kids that when they see Joy, they ask her to read the book with no pictures. And if I read it too many times in a row, I lose my voice. It's that good. Because she's in it (laughs) totally when she does. So Joy came across a new children's book that she read to us, and we all laughed hysterically, not only, well, for many different reasons. Let's just get into it. So... The name of the book is Scaredy Squirrel. And it was given to me by my friend Elizabeth in a recent job transition because it's all about how what Scaredy Squirrel learns. He learns some very valuable things, even though he's very scared. So this one is just called Scaredy Squirrel. It doesn't have a subtitle? Correct. Oh, okay. So it must be the first one in the series, but huh? five of them. <laughs> and, and I love them all. And yes, Joy has all of them on her on her iPad. It's only 20 bucks on Kindle store. Who's the author? Joy, who's the master? Melanie Watt. Yes. So we highly, highly recommend um, that you're going to be missing out on some pictures in this book. Oh my goodness. And you got to see the pictures. So we'll put a link in the show notes to the book. Um, on Amazon. Okay. So Joy's just going to read us the book to start out with, then we're going to talk about it. So self-awareness comes in many packages. So it begins with a warning. Scaredy Squirrel insists that everyone wash their hands with antibacterial soap before reading this book. Scaredy Squirrel by Melanie Watt. Scaredy Squirrel, can I just stop real quick and say I feel like LeVar Burton. <laughs> this is kind of like a dream come true. It's like reading Rainbow, except not... <laughs> Like reading Rainbow at night. When else are you going to say that in your lifetime? And, and I've, 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 I've tried to decide whether I'm going to giggle into the microphone or, or try to <laughs> back up from it. It's worth it. Okay. <clears throat> Scaredy Squirrel never leaves his nut tree. He'd rather stay in his safe and familiar tree than risk venturing out into the unknown. The unknown can be a scary place for a squirrel. What you can't see is that there's this really nice drawing of a mountain and some trees and a river and this big red arrow pointing to the unknown. (laughs) This is what I love about this book. There are lists. This is the first list of the book. A few things Scaredy Squirrel's afraid of. Tarantulas, poison ivy, green Martians, killer bees, germs, and sharks. So he's perfectly happy to stay right where he is. Advantages of never leaving the nut tree. You can't, you can't ever have too many pros and cons lists. So here's Scaredies. 
The nut tree has a great view, plenty of nuts, it's a safe place, there's no tarantulas, poison ivy, green martians, killer bees, germs, or sharks. Disadvantages of never leaving the nut tree. Same old view, same old nuts, same old place. What you can't see is a picture of the nut tree with the day of the week next to it, and Scaredy's in a different place of the tree every day of the week. In Scaredy Squirrel's nut tree, every day is the same. Everything's predictable. All is under control. Scaredy Squirrel's daily routine. 6.45 a.m., wake up. 7 a.m., eat a nut. 7.15 a.m., look at the view. 12 noon, eat a nut. 12.30, look at view. 5 p.m., eat a nut. 5.31 p.m., look at view. 8 p.m., go to sleep. But let's say, just for example, that something unexpected did happen. You can rest assured that this squirrel is prepared. A few items in Scaredy Squirrel's emergency kit. Parachute. Plug spray, mask and rubber gloves, hard hat, antibacterial soap, calamine lotion, net, band-aid, and sardines. <laughs> what to do in case of an emergency, according to Scaredy Squirrel. What you can't see is this beautiful little illustration of Scaredy Squirrel with all of the items put on with an arrow pointing to it that says dramatization. <laughs> Step one, panic. Step two, run. Step three, get the kit. Step four, put on the kit. Step five, consult the exit plan. Step six, exit tree if there's absolutely, definitely, truly no other option. Exit plan, top secret. Exit one, note to self, watch out for green Martians and killer bees in the sky. Exit two, note to self, do not land in the river. If unavoidable, use sardines to distract the sharks. Exit three, note to self, look out for poison ivy and for tarantulas roaming on the ground. Exit four, note to self, Keep in mind that there are germs everywhere. Remember, if all else fails, playing dead is always a good option. With his emergency kit in hand, Scaredy Squirrel watches. Day after day, he watches until one day, Thursday, 9.37 a.m. A killer bee appears! Scaredy Squirrel jumps in panic, knocking his emergency kit out of the tree. This was not part of the plan. Scaredy Squirrel jumps to catch his kit. He quickly regrets this idea. The parachute is in the kit. But something incredible happens. He starts to glide. Scaredy Squirrel is no ordinary squirrel. He's a flying squirrel. He feels overjoyed, adventurous, carefree, alive, until he lands in a bush. Landing score, 5.7. <laughs> Scaredy Squirrel forgets all about the killer bee, not to mention the tarantulas, poison ivy, green Martians, germs, and sharks. And he plays dead. 30 minutes later... One hour later, two hours later, finally Scaredy Squirrel realizes that nothing horrible is happening in the unknown today, so he returns to his nut tree. All this excitement has inspired Scaredy Squirrel to make drastic changes to his life. This is Scaredy Squirrel's new and improved daily routine. 6.45 a.m., wake up. 7 a.m., eat a nut. 7.15 a.m., look at the view. 9.37 a.m., jump into the unknown. 9.45 a.m., play dead. 11.45 a.m., return home. 12 noon, eat a nut. 12.30, look at view. 5 p.m., eat a nut. 5.31 p.m., look at view. 8 p.m., go to sleep. P.S. As for the emergency kit, Scaredy Squirrel is in no hurry to pick it up yet, because it landed in Poison Ivy. The end. <laughs> so tell us about your dear friend and how she gave this to you. I have a, a couple of friends that I geek out with about the Enneagram and my friend Elizabeth and I are both sixes on the Enneagram um, which 
Sixes are known as the loyalist. Sixes are also known for their slightly anxious side, this undercurrent of like, what's going to happen? I have to prepare for all the things that could potentially happen. So a lot of times Elizabeth and I get together and we, one of the questions I love asking her is, um, what's the most sexy thing you've done today? (laughs) (laughs) We kick out about like the stupid emergency plans that we make. um, That That are real though. Absolutely. They're real. All of the things could happen. Well, of course. We have to prepare for them. Unless you drop your emergency kit. And then so it's all over. was there anybody in the book that you identified with? <laughs> oh, um, you mean <laughs> Scaredy Squirrel? Characters that... Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of what it's like to be a six sometimes. I can't trust anyone. I can only trust myself, but yet I'm very conflicted about trusting myself. Because you're so loyal. Right. To the people. Yeah. It's very complicated. It's very conflicting. Mm. Yeah. My life is pretty conflicting. Yeah, until so 37 of... when a killer bee appears. Mm-hmm. And lots of pro-con lists. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I actually made one the other day. It's beautiful. Because <laughs> it makes you feel safe, right? Yeah, because I got to get all the information out of my head. Because um, sixes are also known for having what they call an inner committee. So if you have seen the movie Inside Out, mm-hmm. that's basically what it's like in my head. Um, with a lot of different people sitting around the table trying to take control of the conversation in my head um yeah they're fighting a lot because they want they want to do the right thing Mm -hmm. so they're looking at all of the possible scenarios going can i can i survive this if i can survive it then i can um survive it with my people i can protect my people by walking through that um credit to that concept to chris hewitt's uh from the sacred Enneagram. enneagram yeah he talked about that on the sleeping at last podcast which is one of the best representations I've ever heard of a six. He did very well. Hmm. Random facts. I also like information. So there's my information. Yes. <laughs> so how many books have you read in the past week? Do all of the five Scaredy Squirrel books count? Yes. Then oh. Probably six or seven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you're into a long one right now. Yeah. That's slowing my pace down a little bit. Yeah, definitely so. But, you know... There are worse things than reading. Yeah, true. true. So when it comes to to Scaredy Squirrel learning he can fly, did you do you resonate with that at all? Oh, I totally do. Anytime there is change afoot, um, I've done this for years. Anytime I know something is about to change, I panic right up until the moment the change happens and then when I step foot across the doorway into whatever the change is I'm like oh all right I'm good and then I manage it from there Mm -hmm. it's such an annoying pattern (laughs) because like I get into it and I'm like why am I freaking out oh there's change afoot (sighs) okay and I've just exhausted myself yeah totally (laughs) but I I'm not quite into the I'm ready to make a different decision phase yet but I'm aware of my own tendency enough to be like, when my friends check in and say, how are you doing? You're seeming rather anxious. I can at least say, yes, there is change afoot. I do this. This is this is a known issue. I will be okay. I know I will be okay. Mm-hmm. Just let me cross over the threshold into the change, and then we can talk. I remember. So, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, so when you read this book the first time, I, I, 
I believe that Elizabeth sat next to you and you she, she read it out loud to you as you no, did. She sat across the table, handed it to me and said, I'm going to come sit next to you and you're going to read it to me. And I oh. said, oh, okay. That's right. how this is going to be. Right. And so as you got to the page with Scaredy discovers that he's a flying squirrel, like how did you feel from, because now you're not reading your story, you're reading somebody else's story. So how did you feel? Not going to lie. I kind of wanted to cry a little bit. I might have too. It's like, it's very important for me to remember, um, you know, our spiritual direction friend, Gail Donahue. I had uh, lunch with her a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about all the change that was coming my way. And she looked at me and was like, you know, some people, their journey is to slow down. And I think your journey is to remember. I'm like, oh, I mean, yeah, you're totally right. But I really don't like that answer because <laughs> it's uncomfortable for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm Sixes are known for their forgetfulness like we totally forget what the successes are that we've been through we forget that we've been here before and we can make it again okay. so if you're friends or married to or around a six a lot like letting them know often hey remember we've been here before mm -hmm. you're gonna make it again mm -hmm. so when i read a story like scaredy squirrel even though it's a kid's book who's like oh you know what something bad happened to scaredy but he flew. Mm -hmm. He's not, I mean, he didn't get a perfect landing. It was a 5.7. <laughs> but he still landed. Right. And I, I love the line of, let me find it. Finally, Scaredy Squirrel realizes that nothing horrible is happening in the unknown today. It's like, oh, okay. What a great line. What a great line. And the, I, I remember one time you were telling me, you were, you were tech directing at the time. So those of you who don't know, when a, um, in this context, it was a, a church service going on where Joy is the one who's calling all the cues to change the lights and taking care of the sound and all the, all the cameras and volunteers that, that are taking care of all of the different pieces and parts that move at certain paces and sequences to all have a non-distracting environment for the listeners. And she's telling me about a couple things that happened that were definitely flies in the ointment in the midst of it all. And, uh, and even camps that you've prepared where there's just huge amounts of equipment loading in and lots of, lots of moving parts and volunteers and all. And because of the fact that you have this plan ahead thing and this averting disaster implications it's like you have you have an implications wheel there's a, a a tool that basically helps you to map out implications now joy's got one of those in her brain it's hardwired into her she doesn't even know she's got it it's I wonderfully think. horrible yeah <laughs> so brainstorming meetings are a little frustrating for you because of the fact that you have to think of all of the things that could go wrong or the things that would have to be done if any one of these ideas was actually adopted, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but I remember you telling me about the disasters you were planning for, but then how it happened. And because you had planned, you had, you knew what to do. And every one of your, 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 your stories that you were telling me in sequence that day, you, you had a happy ending to, but yet, it was it was as if you do forget easily that you're so incredibly capable. And if I were to pick somebody that needs to be in a position where you got to think ahead, I'd pick you a hundred times out of a hundred. 
<laughs> well, thanks. I'd pick me too. I trust my own plans. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're very well made. Oh, you betcha they are. That's like when a few years ago, Joy was the trip leader on a trip my kids went on who were teenagers to Africa. And she was, you know, it was a mission trip. And I think she kept thinking that I was nervous about it. And I'm like, absolutely not. You're you're leading this. And I'm normally a scared person. Like, you're leading this trip. I like, I'd rather have you than me going on this trip with my own kids. Yeah, that's me projecting my own fear onto you of, uh-huh. of like, oh my gosh, what if someone doesn't like me? I can't do this. Like, I'm already nervous. I don't know. Can I do this? Everybody else probably thinks I can't do it. Oh, crap. Well, uh, now I got to work overtime. Now I got to figure out. So if you're talking Enneagram talk, when a six um, is in stress, like when either they're in opportunities of stress or they're just out of control, they spiral to three, which then the message they tell themselves is like, if I work harder, I can work through my anxiety. But really, we all know that doesn't work. You can try really hard to work through your anxiety, but anxiety is actually asking you to sit and, and, and figure out what it's looking for. You can't work through anxiety. So as a six, like, oh, the journey of slowing down and the journey of being still is extremely important to figure out, oh, you mean the people around me actually believe in me? They're not just saying that because they have to for some reason. Oh, 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 I'm actually supported. Like so many, so many of the Ennea thoughts for the day that come from Enneagraminstitute.com. <laughs> I love to hate all of them. Me too. <laughs> like, Today was something about I unsubscribed. I did a long time ago. Yeah, today was today. If you can, if you can be aware, see if you can be aware of your excuse in quotations for not being present by saying, uh, often sixes will say, when I have every area of my life handled and nothing can take me by surprise, then I'll show up. Yeah. And so what happens with, with, with sixes and what happens with scaredy squirrel is they end up living in the future, right? as opposed to living in the present. And so when you live in the future, it's it's usually worry, anxiety, um, or even daydreaming, um, but not necessarily being present to the joy that is present. Yeah, because at moment. any moment, the joy that I'm feeling could get hijacked. And if I'm not ready for that, the damage could be huge. I don't want that to happen. So, so I'm always on guard. So almost rather not feel the joy because it might be lost. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hope is a very hard thing. Yeah. Hmm. So that because hope is a future oriented, oriented uh, emotion, I suppose you could say. I don't know exactly what to call hope. Is it emotion? <laughs> we'll what just go category? With feeling. A feeling. Yeah. A belief. Hmm. Right. And so this, the, these, these self awarenesses, and there's a, there's a thing with your body about listening to your body and what it's telling you that you've been discovering. Can you say a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, Enneagram speak. Uh, Sixes are in the head triad, but we're the most disconnected from our head. So at some points I'm totally like, I just have a body to walk my head around. That's kind of how it works. But at the same time, I just want to ignore my head altogether. So when it comes to making a decision or when it comes to like, I'm totally feeling anxious the last thing I want to do is sit in it and like be still and ask it what it's looking for me to do. But really that's the path that I need to take in order to find calmness. So 
there's been a couple big decisions that have been happening lately where I'm trying to figure out, should I do this? Should I not do this? It's some stuff I've done before. So my head is rationalizing my way around it being like, you've done this before. You can totally do this again. It'll be absolutely fine. I'm like, okay, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Then I go and sit in meetings and I feel this anxiety, but it's not necessarily the same anxiety that I've felt before. Like this time it's been totally different where my body is just like feeling dread. Like, oh my gosh, what is this? Why am I feeling this? I don't understand. And with the help of some some of my friends who are very aware of how to deal with sixes with calmness and grace <laughs> and giving just enough options, but not too many. Um, one of my friends specifically told me like, actually, it makes a lot of sense why you would feel that way. Because my first response is, oh my gosh, I'm broken. Like, I can't do this. I'm broken. Everything's wrong. Everything's wrong. It's all going down. It's over. Okay, bye. And she's like, no, actually. That's playing dead, right? Yeah, I play dead. I'm really good at that. <laughs> um, and she's like, actually, no, you're not broken. Like, you're actually paying attention to your body mm-hmm. for the first time. Where when you did this before, you weren't able to pay attention to your body. Because your brain was just telling you, like, you have to do this. You have to get it in gear. You have to move through this. Switch to that three and, like, work your way through your anxiety. Because your emotions aren't true. You can't trust your emotions. And now I've done enough of, of like, self-awareness work that I'm like, yeah, I can't not trust my emotions right now. Because they're telling me something. Mm-hmm. My body is telling me something. I don't know exactly how to manage it. I don't like the feeling of it. Because it's really uncomfortable. But it's pushing me to figure some stuff out and to then have hard conversations and be like, all right, so I thought I could do this. Not quite there yet. Can we make some adjustments? Mm-hmm. But Asking look at what this season of transition has allowed you, you know, it's allowed space for this awareness to come forward. Because before with work and everything going on, you could have just pushed it down, use my head, work it through. I'll get back to that later. Well, that doesn't always happen. Later is now. Later is now. I mean, it, it's the opportunity in the midst of the of the restlessness, once again, that's mm-hmm. in play for all of us. It's not just sixes. It's not just Mm-mm. joy. It's, no, like, it's just a good example. Just a great example. And the that becoming aware piece of it can be uncomfortable, but trusting yourself because you have to be able to also identify the messages that come like, what's wrong with me? Mm. Like if that's a knee jerk question that comes up when you feel stress or whatever else, there are more useful questions to replace that with. Yeah. Like what's my body telling me? Yeah. Right. Where have I experienced this before? Right. But slowing down enough to notice, you know, that those are the phrases that go through your head. I, Cause after a while you just become numb to them. Like, well, I've said that to myself a million times. I don't even know I'm saying it anymore. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's just good stuff for us is it, is the question or the questions I'm asking myself useful questions and what's a more useful question I could, I could ask. Um, some people, um, at times I've thought, you know, well, what would other people think as opposed to, do I really want to do this? (laughs) Or, um, you know, what do I, what do I think about this? What do I, you know, I, to be other referenced when at times as opposed to self-referencing 
and God referencing, to invite God into the conversation, to be able to say, okay, my conflictedness, when I feel conflicted, that's my cue to be able to say, okay, God, I'm feeling conflicted. Help me sort that out. What am I supposed Mm -hmm. to do with that? Mm -hmm. And, um, and those are just beautiful things to be able to catch yourself out. The self-awareness that, oh my gosh, I'm feeling something here. I can't even maybe name it. What am I going to do with that? And then when you don't do that work alone, you do that together with God. That's just a beautiful thing. You know, when you invite God into those conversations and into those questions. Yep. And finding good friends that know you, Mm -hmm. um, that won't, that won't buy the spin you put on it right away. (laughs) Yeah. I put a lot of spin on things and it's really helpful to have people around me that are like, cute. Mm -mm. No, try again. And it's like, you've said so many times, like, what's your question underneath the question? Like my first question might be in a moment of feeling completely conflicted. Like, am I right or wrong? But the question underneath the question is like, why am I feeling unsettled? The question underneath that is like, what conflict am I not wanting to face? Mm-hmm. Why is there conflict? That it kind of leads back to how my brain works of the implications wheel of this leads to this leads to this leads to this. And I'm, I'm assuming this is true of many people, but the pushing into that anxiety and pushing into that funk is so hard and to use a millennial phrase like it it feels like adulting that's what adulting is to me is like all of I, I didn't grow up knowing what to do with the conflict that I felt inside of me but being able to push into that and ask it like what are you looking for me to do here what's mm-hmm. the there's got to be a purpose here there's got to be a purpose and they say sixes are some of the most the most courageous and the most brave numbers so like Yes, our shadow side is fear and our shadow side is anxiety. Who's going to get me? What's what's going to happen? Like, Scaredy Squirrel has a freaking emergency kit and it has everything in it that he could possibly ever need. But in the end, it wasn't necessarily the emergency kit that saved him. It was his pushing into the unknown and realizing, oh, nothing bad is happening in the unknown today. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, maybe if I turned off my spin a little bit and I just sat and looked around oh, okay, there is beauty here. One of the things I love about how Scaredy Squirrel learns he can fly is he's, he, he doesn't decide to jump out of the tree. He's actually reaching for his emergency kit as he falls out of the tree and then finds out he can fly. <laughs> and because the decision is so difficult sometimes, but a lot of times that's how life works, right? I mean, with all of us is that we're reaching for the emergency kit when we find ourselves falling and then all of a sudden we find ourselves flying. And then, you know, and I just, I love the fact that that is reliable, you know, and when, when not only listening to others to be able to remind them that that's what it feels like sometimes, but also to be able to remind myself that that's just, it's part of how we, how we, you could, you know, there's a title of a book, Failing Forward. Um, it's how if we fall forward, it's how we trip through life sometimes. But then 
if we're reflective enough to be able to look back at those experiences and learn from them and gain wisdom out of our experience so that we might just next time we start feeling something or sensing something or recognizing conflictedness or whatever it is that we can just take a pause and say, what question, what assumptions am I making? What questions am I asking? And what might be some more productive questions to be asking? But also there's a, there's a piece of this that when you say, I, I, I want to make the right decision and you know, what right or wrong is, is kind of one of those, there's a right answer and there's a wrong answer here is an assumption. Either or, yeah. It's an either or that is not just a six thing. And to recognize there are so many good right answers, right? Mm-hmm. And not everything is a dualist answer. Dualistic. Yep. Yeah, that's wisdom, right? It's not comfortable, though. <laughs> because if it were black and white, it would be a little bit easier. Right. That's safety. It's mm-hmm. either or. Mm-hmm. But another part of facing funk is realizing that actually it's not either or. And I'm still very disappointed with that. And I'll come to terms with it probably tomorrow <laughs> or the next day. <laughs> it's fine. It's okay. Everything's fine. Everything's <laughs> fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. And, and adventure. I know that, that you deeply desire adventure in your life. And, and you took a, a, a trip earlier this year that you were excited for planning. And then the night before. Oh yeah. Panic. I'll panic. Is my list actually full enough? Do I have all the things? Do I start planning my list like two weeks ahead of time? Absolutely. Is it a checkbox list so I can actually check the box every time I put something in my bag? Yeah, absolutely. Do I overplan? Mm-hmm. Do you get caught off guard? Not often. <laughs> but it yeah. is very helpful for my friends who um, don't have a tendency towards planning as much as I do. And then they get there and they're like, Joy, you have this, right? I'm like, yeah, totally. I'm like, great. I figured you would, so I didn't pack it. And then you can feel really good about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I remembered that. Oh, you need a mini first aid kit? Don't worry. I have one in my bag. Oh, you need bananagrams? Don't worry. I always carry that with me in my bag. <laughs> Those are heavy too. Yeah, that's worth it. Ab training, I'm sure. <laughs> I couldn't figure out why my backpack was so was so heavy and I pulled out a double bananagrams game out of the bottom. That'll do like, it. That'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many times I've texted Joy, help, <laughs> and She's right there. She's like Superman. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm my family and my, my close friends. I'm their own personal IT department. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to to say that that we those who love you trust you trust you more than you trust yourself. It's a thing. Yeah. It's, it's a thing. very important for me actually. Cuz yeah. when I forget, I need people to tell me. Yeah. Which is interesting because Joy is also probably one of the best uh encouragers and like if you want to learn something like she's the best person ever because mm-hmm. she thinks you can do it, even though you don't think you can do it. So it's interesting to hear her tell her story about how she feels about herself when we're all on the outside going, Joy, you can do it. <laughs> and, and believe me, you want to learn some of this stuff from people who have a checklist. Yeah. 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 That is a thing. Like climbing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Joy took me climbing and I'm totally terrified. I'm the first wall, like ready to cry and get off. But you did it. I see. She just stood there at the bottom. You can do this. You can do this. Breathe, breathe, look ahead, see where that one is, see where that one is. And like, oh, I can do it. You don't have to get to the top in one move. Mm -hmm. It's a series of moves. (laughs) 
Step to plan. All the advice you you need to hear someone else oh, give it was you beautiful. at times. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've taken quite a few people climbing, and there was one time where I brought a friend who, um, like it was just like this deep spiritual experience for her, which totally took me off guard because I'm like, okay, and then A leads to B, and then you get to the top, and then I let you down, and then it's fine. My friend gets to the top of this route, and she pauses and like. I'm ready to let her down. And I'm like, I got you. You're ready. And she starts like shaking with sobs. And I'm like, oh, oh, goodness. And I flipped into six mode where I'm like, she's dying. She hit something. It's over. I don't know what's going on. She's terrified. What do I do? How do I get her down? I don't don't know. And I finally start letting her down. And I realized she had this beautiful experience of integration where she's like, this spoke to me. Like this was so hard. But with your encouragement. Mm-hmm. And a little effort, I made it to the top and I realized, like, it's all going to be okay. And I was like, okay, so you're not dying? Great. <laughs> Glad I could help you. And what were we really talking about? <laughs> not climbing, right? <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Whatever fine. the life circumstance were. And so, yeah, these metaphors, that that's, that's self-awareness that comes in interesting packages once again, right? I mean, that's what we're, that's what we're titling this, I think, something in that realm. And life always seems to serve up these interesting little lessons along the way if we're paying attention. So to be expectant that life is going to serve up these opportunities for us, I think is part of of the of the nugget it's part of the nut let's say mm. of this episode mm. i see what you did there <laughs> well done ah <Aw>, thanks <laughs> <laughs> maybe we ought to sign off at that huh <laughs> thanks everybody for joining us today this is sharon swing joy bork Joan Kelly. And we are so glad you joined us for Scaredy Squirrel. See the show notes and you'll see uh, a link to Amazon.com if, as if you couldn't find it yourself on Amazon.com. Um, listen to my life. Check it out. We want you to join in. If you'd uh, be interested in supporting this podcast, uh, you can sign up for audio meditations on Patreon um, at patreon.com slash one life maps. And for a $5 or more donation per month, you'll get the beautiful voices of um, of people around the table. So far, all of them have been Joy, uh, uh, Joan, but Joy's going to be joining us in on doing some meditations too. So we're looking forward to that as well. Well, they'll release every week and you can just listen and get yourself still and let us lead you through a meditation as opposed to trying to stay focused yourself. Yeah. So thanks again, everybody. We'll be hopefully in your earbuds again next week. Have you thought, I don't know myself anymore? Have you wondered, is there something more? Are you at a crossroads in life and asking, which way will lead me toward expressing more of who I am made to be? Are you looking for a way to understand the restlessness you feel inside? Are you seeking a deeper spiritual life? and desire to rediscover who you are through God's eyes. If you've wondered any of these things before, you're ready for the life-mapping experience of Listen to My Life. Go to onelifemaps.com to purchase your portfolio of visual life maps. While you're there, check out our upcoming virtual coaching groups, live workshops, and options for you to facilitate the Listen to My Life experience with others. That's onelifemaps.com. 
O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-A-P-S.com. <laughs>